Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I know you're standing today and I, I, uh, I've come this morning with a message of honesty. Um, this is really something that just started burning in my heart several, several weeks ago. And I just would work on it a little while, work on it a little while. And I never felt a release in the Lord to preach this until yesterday. And uh, so um, I will tell you this, that I never know, obviously, who is going to be in any given service. And so I don't wait till I get here to figure out who's here to figure out what to preach. And, uh, and so if you suspect that today, um, I'm just telling you that's not how it works, and you'll have to take my word for that. But... Uh, uh, I feel like the Lord has has just pierced in my heart my my dilemma, if I may say so, is I feel that I stand here today and I feel that even to begin with, I need to crawl up to a ledge that is much higher than where I stand now. And I just need you to help me make that first step. And so if you'll just connect with me for a little while, I believe the Lord will help us. I will say this this morning, and I think a calm assurance. If I were your attorney, you would not want me to be playing if we were in court. I'm guessing that if I were your doctor, you would not want me beating around the bush and kind of, you know, just kind of speaking in, uh, in some kind of a clouded vernacular. You would just say, tell me like it is. Just, just lay it out here. And uh, I'm not speaking about being unkind, but we do need some honesty. And so I am not your doctor. I am not your attorney. But I do believe that I am the voice of God that God has placed in this church and behind this desk for this season. Amen. And so I will have to give an account according to Hebrews 13 and 17. And uh, not just of me. Here's the deal. Whenever I raised my hand and said to the Lord, I will. I made a big commitment because I didn't just commit to be responsible for me. I committed to be responsible for you. And uh, I want to be able to do that with joy, the scripture says, and not with grief. And so I, I, I don't want you to uh, mistake or understand anything in my opening comments. But I just want you to help me preach today. Would you do that? Amen. I want you to turn with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 22 and verse 29. And from here, I just want to pull just a few words, just about oh, eight or nine words out of this, uh, out of this precious book, and um, ask the Lord to just speak uh, something uh, relevant into our heart today. Praise God! Praise God! Praise God! The Book of Jeremiah, twenty-two and twenty-nine. The scripture says, Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. If we could envision, I, I appreciate the fact that I've had a whole lot more time to bathe myself in this scripture, in this particular passage, than you but I believe if we, could, if we could just somehow capture the mental image of the Lord speaking to Jeremiah, these words, speak these words, I believe that we would not only see the Lord, but I believe we would see Jeremiah on their tiptoes saying, Earth, Earth, Earth. I don't know how it was in your home, but uh, if my parents just called me by my first name, they just needed me. But when, when they started calling me by my whole name, something else was in the hopper. 
<laughs> we're doing something completely different. And so I, the young years of my life, we were raising a subdivision, and so all the boys would be out in the, in the, in the street playing, and at night, whenever we didn't come when they were first called, after a while, you would hear all three of the, that Steve Allen boy. And, uh, and it wasn't that they were trying to differentiate between all the other kids. They were sending a strong message. There were going to be some furrowed eyebrows when I walked in. And so when the scripture says earth, 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 we need to stand on our tiptoes. We had better lean in. These are not going to be suggestions that follow such an introduction. Amen. I pray God's blessing upon this word. You may be seated today in the fear of the Lord. Thank you for standing. Another way to interpret this particular passage of scripture would be to say, O land, unhappy land, desolate land, hear the judgment of the Lord. Amen. Let me say that again. We we keep this in context of King James and we hear earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. But one commentary says, Oh, land, unhappy land, desolate land, hear the judgment of the Lord. This is God's prophecy to the nation of, of Judah, and I believe in no uncertain terms. This is an ultimatum that is being uttered by the Lord. I think if we were to put this in our modern language, it would say something or sound something like this. The Lord is speaking through Jeremiah to uh, this group of people and, and he is saying, you had better hear me and hear me now. Amen, hear me and hear me now. I, I'm very confident that if we could hear the Lord speak to the church today, I believe that it would be much the same. It would be much the same. Hear me and hear me now. When you consider the church at large, and I, I, I want you to broaden your scope today because I, I am preaching to this church specifically, but I am also painting outside of the lines because when we consider the church today in light of the clarity of preaching and teaching that we are privileged to hear, I believe there is no doubt that God has anointed vessels in this day to speak with a true sense of clarity. Now, I don't say that in any manner to lift me up, but I just say that rather to, to speak of and to highlight the quality of ministry that is relevant today in the, in the church overall. When, I would just ask you, when is the last time that you attended anything and, and uh, you know, it was just a free-for-all. When, when's the last time you attended anything? And it wasn't the finest <laughs> and the best that, that, uh, that, our, that anything could have presented to us, whether, uh, no matter what it may have been, the singing, the music, the structure of the service, and uh, I'm talking about even beyond this facility here in this particular church, but the quality from the beginning of end to end, of music and worship and praise and ministry and then demonstration. And I will tell you today, for those of you who, who may not have ever been exposed to much beyond this, let me tell you that I'm not just talking about adult church. I'm not just talking about what we do here on Sunday and Wednesday, but I'm talking about whether it's Sunday school or youth camps or camp meeting or men's conference or ladies conference or general conference or North American youth conference and the list goes on and on and on, I think we could all agree that there is an absolute clarity that is coming forth from the church today. We don't have to drive home wondering what was said. We don't have to drive home wondering what just happened. We don't have to drive home trying to untangle anything, but there is a divine message in the song. There is a divine 
a divine focus in worship and in praise. What a tremendous privilege that we have today, an absolute clarity that is coming forth from the church. My mind can go back to moments when the Spirit of the Lord in such a sovereign manner has spoken to the church, has spoken specifically to this church. And so if there was ever an hour that we need to hear the voice of God, it would certainly be today. Amen. Hear me. When I say this this morning, I am as serious as I could possibly ever be. Amen. This book that I hold in my hand is going to be the final authority for every life that has ever been born on the face of this earth, not just those that are sitting in this building today. This will be the final authority. It will not be your opinion. It will not be your ideas. It will not be your comfort zone that God judges us by. It will not be the opinion of your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, your aunt, your uncle, or your best friend. Amen. This book, this book, I must remind you again that in the book of Luke, Jesus took the book from those that were in that room and began to read from the book of Isaiah. But note carefully what he did when he finished reading. He closed the book, am I right? Amen, and he handed the book to the ministry. But there's coming a day when God, is, when the trumpet sounds, that he's gonna pull this book out of my hand. <clears throat> I won't be able to preach anymore. I won't be able to talk about his sovereignty anymore. I won't be able to talk about his mercy anymore because the day and dispensation of grace has ended and the dispensation of judgment has started. And in that, in that moment, God is gonna take this very book and he is gonna judge every one of us, great and small, amen, to the wisest, to the illiterate God is gonna take this book, amen, that is going to be the final authority. And so that is why I am standing behind this desk with reverent fear this morning saying, amen, to the church today, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. If you came this morning to find out who was gonna sing, if you came today to find out who was wearing a new dress or a new suit or new shoes or who's driving a new car, you came for the wrong reason. Amen, if you came here today to find out if your name was gonna be in the bulletin or if your name was gonna get an honorable mention, then you drove here for all the wrong reasons. I came today to hear the word of the Lord. Amen, I wanna hear the word of the Lord. That word may come to me through a song. That word may come to me through some moment of exhortation. That word may certainly come to me through the preaching of the word. But I say earth, earth, earth. If I could say today, church, 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 hear the word of the Lord. We need to dismiss Every, every division, we need to dismiss any angst or animosity that we may have in our heart. Hallelujah, there is nothing more important than what's taking place right now. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. Despite, despite what I think would be an overwhelming majority of people that would agree with that statement, I also have to balance my life with the reality of the stubborn the hard-headedness, amen, of the society in which we are living, a society that seemingly is determined to resist any and all authority. Amen, I've said so many, many times through the years that it could not be 20 degrees below zero outside and not affect inside eventually. No matter how well insulated this building, no matter what we do, it is going to affect what happens here. I use that illustration simply to say this, that whatever is going on in the world will eventually try to creep its way into the church. And we are living in a world of great resistance. We're living in a world of great great resistance to authority. Amen. And so that affects the church. And so while I would certainly never defend people that would abuse authority or people that would uh, take advantage of that. Amen. I would never defend that. But I think it's abundantly clear
clear that we are living in an hour where authority is under attack as never before in this nation. Amen, in this nation, maybe other parts of the world, but I'm preaching, amen, in America today. And so we are seeing this, we are seeing this from the courthouse to your house. Amen, from the classroom to the job place, there is an underlying disdain for anyone that is in authority. When you give a directive, there's something that rises up in the smallest child, amen, to the most mature adult, that inside, whether they say it with their lips, they're Spirit says, who are you to be telling me this? I say, oh God, help us to realize that I must submit myself and humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I gotta hear the word of the Lord. Why? Because this is the book that is going to judge me. This is the book that is going to determine, amen, where I spend eternity. I wanna say it again loud and I wanna say it again clear that if heaven is real, friend, you better understand that hell is real and if somebody's going to heaven somebody's going to hell and I would tell you this morning that in this very house statistically no matter who would be here today statistically that some are going to heaven and some are going to hell amen that ought to make us wake up and think you know what before I go away from here before I leave this place today amen I need to earth 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 to hear the word of the Lord I don't want to leave here without the Holy Ghost I don't want to leave here without being born again. I don't want to leave here with sin in my heart. I don't want to leave here with division in my spirit. I need to hear the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hear, hear, hear the word of the Lord. We're seeing the foundational stones of our our society being called to question on every front. Unequivocally, teachers stand in classrooms all across America today with their hands tied. Very limited authority. Rebellious parents have taught their rebellious children that no one can correct them. No one can tell them, who do you think you are? It won't just be the children that show up and bow their chest out, but it'll be a fool father and a fool mother that'll walk in there and say, nobody is gonna tell me, nobody is going to do this. And I'm gonna tell you, when you start chopping down the foundation of authority, amen, you are affecting somebody's ability to eventually hear and embrace the word of God. I'm here today. I'm in the book and I need you to help me preach in this house today. This resistance to authority because you see somebody really does have authority. Somebody really does have authority. And so one day somebody's going to tell Johnny no and they're going to mean it. One day somebody's going to tell Susie no and they're going to have the authority and the power to back up those two little words. That's why our jails are filled to overflowing. That's why they have nowhere else to sleep prisoners in prison. Amen, why? Because somewhere we have been taught and ingrained in our mind, nobody has the right. You can be doing 120 miles an hour down the road and somebody, somebody in authority, a highway patrol or a policeman pull you over and people jump out and put their chest out like, what in the world are you doing interrupting my day? Amen. <clears throat> Blessed holy quietness. Praise God. There's an, there's an all-out attack on law keepers in our day, natural law keepers, such as uniformed officers on patrol or judges that occupy our country's courthouses. In just the last few days, unless you've been living under a rock, in just the last few days, we have read the headlines of a Louisiana state trooper that was shot in the face when approaching a vehicle, just doing his job, just doing his job, such rebellion. I'm not here to make you uncomfortable today. I'm just trying to remind you that what's going on in the headlines, what's taking place in the headlines, what's making its way to CNN or Fox News, that spirit is trying to elbow its way into the church. Yes, it is. Friday, a Texas policeman shot from behind while fueling his patrol car. Such a blatant disrespect for authority everywhere you turn. Additionally, can I tell you that spiritual law keepers, such as ministers that fill America's pulpits, there is that same attitude. There is that same disdain. Amen. That same resistance to anyone that is trying to give guidance. Amen. If you hold a moral, hear me, if you hold a moral or an authoritarian position in this world, you are in for a fight. 
If you say no, you had better brace yourself for a showdown at the OK Corral. Why? Because the spirit of yes has been breathed into our spirit so much until we don't even want to hear God say no. But Jeremiah heard the word of the Lord and the Lord said, Jeremiah, tell them, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Earth, earth, earth. Hear the word of the Lord. If I could say it today, I would say church, church, church. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Just stay with me. I'm going somewhere today. Amen, I feel like that we are the church. We are faced with a great threat in this hour. But that threat may not be the threat that we have supposed it to be through the years. We have thought sometimes sin, you know, sin as we see sin, sin as we tag sin, sin as we categorize sin, sin, sin as we prioritize sin in our own mind. We have thought that those would be the greatest threats that the church would ever face. But I submit to you today, I submit to you today that the greatest, one of the greatest, if not the greatest threat that will face the church in this hour is the fact that people do not believe what they claim to believe. Amen. I will tell you that the threat of the church is not going to be boxed up by the 20 and called Marlboro or Winston. The greatest threat to the church is not going to be canned or bottled and be called and going to be called Miller High Life or Budweiser. I'm going to tell you that the greatest threat to the church is the disparity between this pulpit and those pews. Amen. The difference and the indifference between this pulpit and the pews. Amen. That breach may well be one of the greatest threats that this church and the church today will ever face. I sit on this platform and stand behind this desk week in and week out and for the most part I see the positive response to the preaching of the word of God amen I I see that positive response when I or other ministers in the church are preaching we've just come through a doctrinal series and and, uh, when when we have been teaching on those things of how we rally to those things and we've come to those points of hallelujah and yes amen and glory to God and preach it preacher on and on and on and yet there are other indicators amen when the amens have been silenced and when the hands stop waving amen when we sit down and walk out of this place and turn these lights out there are other indicators that seem to disprove what we have said with our hands and what we have said with our amens amen you see people act one way at church but you see a completely different side of them when they leave the church I'm not just talking about how they dress but that's a part of it but I'm talking about their attitude their spirit amen that that, that spirit that says nobody's going to touch me nobody's going to do this to me. Nobody's going to tell me. But I say, oh God, church, 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 hear the word of the Lord. I want to hear the word of God. I want to hear the word of God. Praise God. I may meddle just a little bit in some of your opinions this morning. Amen. But whether it's real or supposed, I just can't wrap my head around some things that some people do. Amen. I'm not shooting at anyone in particular. I'm shooting at everybody in general. So we ought to feel comfortable. I'm just shooting. I don't understand. I don't understand when we see people that are living in absolute opposition to what the church teaches or what people have been taught to know as truth. Amen. And we see them in some other fashion and people in the church are liking that on Facebook. Got quiet there, didn't it? I'm not, I am not at all suggesting that you ought to get on Facebook and try to preach them into hell. That, you don't do that at all. That's my job. Amen. Not, not to preach them into hell. My job to, to reach them. I'm not asking you to jump out there and try to correct anything. I'm not asking you to don some, some, some robe of judgment and, and just get after it. But why in the world would you put your hand and seal of approval on something? It can be quiet. All you want to be quiet. But it's still the truth. 
Amen. It is still the truth. I say, Lord, help us today. Here, we need to read the book of John because John said, when you bid people Godspeed, when you say it's okay, it's okay, you become a partaker of their sins. That's what the scripture says. Hallelujah. So you better be careful what you're shaking hands with. You better be careful what you're giving a thumbs up to. You better be careful what you're amening. Because you might be hugging up against something that'll destroy your soul. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, God. Hear the word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. I can preach about prayer and fasting and faithfulness and holiness and separation and on and on and preaching those things. Maybe people are on their feet with their hands in the air, but my question is not what are you doing on Sunday. My question is what are you doing on Monday? Not what we're doing about this on Sunday. Not what we're doing about this on Wednesday, but what are we doing about this on Monday? Now, this is no secret, but I... I'll lift the veil and let you in on something here, but it's not uncommon at all for pastors to ask, or ministers for that matter, but for pastors, certainly not uncommon. For pastors, we may talk through the week and especially on Saturday or Saturday night. Most people, are, if they haven't already prepared, they're at least doing last-minute preparations. And I may be talking to some of my pastor friends, and this is a pretty common question across the board. What are you preaching on tomorrow? What are you preaching on tomorrow? I ask Brother Williams that all the time. I say, what are you preaching on tomorrow? He always says the same thing. He says the platform. (laughs) I got back from St. Augustine from preaching last Sunday, and the first time I saw my good friend over here, Brother Gibson, one of the very first questions he asked me, he said, what did you preach on yesterday? And that's all right. It's just, it's just kind of a curiosity. What, what you preaching on? What's your thoughts? What's going on? And so I'm, I'm accustomed to that question. What are you preaching on Sunday? Amen. While I am concerned about what I'm going to preach on Sunday, I think another pre, a piercing question that we need to ask ourselves, not just you, but me. Amen. Me as well. I need to be asking myself, not what I'm just preaching today, but I need to ask Steve, what are you going to preach in the morning? What are you preaching Tuesday morning? Amen, because I'm going to go somewhere preaching Monday and you're going to go somewhere preaching Monday and you're going to go somewhere preaching Tuesday. Somewhere we're going to walk into a place of business and whether you've got a Bible in your hand or your Bible's a... 30 miles from you, we're going to be telling the world something about our lives. And so I'm not asking today, what am I preaching today? Or what are you preaching today? I'm asking us, what are we going to wake up with Tuesday morning on our heart? A brand of fire. I'm going to tell you, I hope wherever you catch me, you help, you catch me with my hands in righteousness. You catch me with a path that my feet are walking down a righteous path. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. We can't play about this thing. Amen. We can't play about this thing. I, I shudder to think how many people are just hanging around the edge. It scares me. It frightens me to think how many people are just kind of hanging on only because they're intoxicated by the spirit and the emotion of Pentecost. Can I tell you that behind every song you heard this morning is a message of death, burial, and resurrection. Can I tell you this morning that every behind every song, behind everything, there is going to be a message that says, sinner, come home. Amen. That says, come on, ye who are weary, come home. Behind all of this, there's a message that said if you're, if you're lost, you need to get found. Amen. If you're a sinner, you need to get the Holy Ghost. If you never spoke in tongues, you need to do it again. If you drifted away from God, you need to come back home. It's not just about emotions. This is not just semantics. We didn't come here to entertain one another. We didn't come here to sing to one another. Hallelujah. We didn't come here just to do our own thing and to toot our own horn and just to be a show. We said here they are the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Some, some sadly are just intoxicated on the fumes. I like the worship. I like the songs. I like the beat. I like, the, I like this. I like that. But you see, that is not enough to hold you. That's not enough to hold you. 
You got to have something that will hold you. You got to have something. Let me tell you this morning that you can't get victory over sin without the Holy Ghost. That's right. You can't get victory over it. You're not strong enough. You're not good enough. You don't have enough finesse. You don't have enough anything to conquer sin without the power of a living God inside of us. And so we need to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We need to have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I need to buy into this thing. Some just like the idea of going to church, but this is far more than an idea. I gotta buy into the message. Several years ago, standing behind this very desk, our good friend, Brother J.H. Osborne, preached a message entitled, In Love with the Idea, but not married to the message. In that message, he talked about the Samaritan woman who had several husbands. Apparently, she liked the idea of companionship, but she was not committed to the concept of marriage. Hear me today. Amen, this book is not just a book of good ideas. This is not a book that's just a good suggestions. This is not a book that'll just help you when you're feeling down. But I'm going to tell you, this is a book that'll reach out to you when you're wrong. Amen. This is a book that when you're going that way, will tell you, you better turn around and go that way. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you this morning that I'm not just a preacher. I'm not just a pastor, but I've got preachers in my life and I've got pastors in my life. And I thank God for every message that ever came my way that said, you you better turn around, boy. Earth Earth, earth, hear the word of the Lord. I'm so thankful for every message that somebody loved me enough to tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Amen. These words can save our soul. It's not what we say with our lips that will ultimately matter, but it's what we say with our life. Amen, we're kidding each other. If you think that somehow or another that you would not be affected if on your way home or you were going somewhere this week and you saw my truck parked up at the keg room. It matters what I do. It matters what I do. It matters where I go. I may just be in there drinking a, a, a Coke for all you know, but it matters. My, my, my goods being evil spoken of. I don't need to be there. If I need something that bad, I need to hang on. Amen, just a little bit further. I, gotta, I can't do that. It, it matters where I go. It matters what I do. It, it matters what I put my hands on. I'm trying to insert myself into this today. I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to us today to tell you that earth, earth, earth hear the word of the Lord. We need to stop dismissing sermons as though that was just a preacher's opinion. We need to stop dismissing things as though he had a bad day. We need to stop dismissing something as though, well, he was just on a high horse today. We need to hear ye the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I think, to be honest with you, I think that what I'm preaching about today affects far more than just Pentecost. This is just a side note. But I think every church in America is in trouble over the same thing I'm talking about today. Amen. What's being preached behind the pulpit and what's being waved at from the pew, there's a huge gap in between those two. And church is just kind of come a social thing. We just kind of get together and just do our own thing. But we must do everything within our power to not only live the word of God, but I need to love it. I don't want to live it with resistance. Amen. But I want to love. I want to love this truth. I want to love the word of God. Amen. One passage of scripture that we ought to have branded in our heart is 2 Thessalonians 2.10. Amen. The passage that is should be a wake-up call. The Bible says because they had not a love. Amen. Because they received not thee. Love of the truth that they might be saved. God shall send strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they might all be that they might all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You can get the biggest eraser you want to get. You can erase that out. Of, you can erase it out of your book. You can tear that page out of the book. Amen. You can do whatever you want to. You can run it through a shredder and burn it and toss the ashes. But I'm going to tell you when Jesus takes the book again. Amen. That passage is going to be there. I got to love this truth. I want to love here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I want to love that I'm repenting of my sins. I want to love that
that I'm being buried in the name of Jesus Christ. None other name under heaven. No other name, no other authority whereby men can be saved. I want to love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. I want to love it. Hallelujah. I need more than ever before to walk out of this church determined to be what God desires for us to be. I gotta make sure there's not a gap between what's being preached in the pulpit, what's being lived in my life. I need to make sure there's not a gap between what our children here in Sunday school and children's church and through our student ministries, ministry, student ministries, amen, and there shouldn't be a gap between what they hear here or there and what they see played out at home. Now, I've been doing this quite a while. I'm not trying to sound like a smart act, but I didn't start this yesterday. Many years ago, my wife and I were faced with a situation and we were trying to give counsel to a, an adult couple. You with me now? There's no ties to this story left, so don't try to figure it out. That's not even the point. We were trying to give counsel to a, a, an adult couple and the parents on both sides of these adults told them, you don't have to listen to what he's telling you. Now, it would be kind of handy right here to say, but bless their heart, they were just sinners and didn't know any better. But they had been in church for decades themselves. Gotta listen. You do what you do. This is their counsel. Don't listen to him, and you do whatever you want to do. Am I telling the truth, Jackie? Well, what am I supposed to do now? I can't. I can't fight against that. Parents have passed on. The couple's been divorced and out of church for years. I have no motive here. But something's dangerously wrong when people are shouting and then telling others, you ain't got to listen to him. You do whatever you want to do. I wonder what God thinks of our shout and our song. And I wonder what God thinks of our talent and our ability if inside we've got a spirit of rebellion that says, you won't tell me. You won't tell me. You won't tell me. We're standing at an important time. Hear me. We are standing at an important time. Our district just closed our Sunday school and youth camp season, our camp meeting and Spanish camp season. And, and, and oh, what praise reports we've had of those young people that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost just a couple of weeks ago. Two different age groups of our church participated in a back-to-school rally where we had people involved in both of those. These meetings were not planned with just mere socializing in mind. No, no, no. These meetings were prayerfully planned even with one thing, and that was to assist in hiding the Word of God. Hiding the Word of God. Touch some of that Word. They're going back into a vile environment. They're going back into an environment that's going to tell them you do whatever you want to do and so we're trying to touch some of that word in their heart trying to push it into their soul and their spirit why? because God amen is going to have to somehow in their heart desire a desire for the word of God in their heart is going to have to somehow be created I'm going to tell you that our not just our adults but our young people amen if they can figure out the lyrics to all this nonsense music they can figure out scripture if they can memorize songs amen of this one and that one if they can sing them word for word, they ought to be able to quote the Bible word for word. Hallelujah. Is this all right? If they can tell you. I appreciate you standing, but the rest of them can't hear me. And I want them to hear me say this. If they can give you all the stats of this and all the stats of that of our sports figures, they ought to be able to open their Bible, amen, in junior high school and say, here is how you ought to be baptized. Here is how, here is why there is one God. Let's don't underestimate our children. Let's don't underestimate our young people. Amen, if they can figure all this other stuff out, they're old enough to get their hand on this. They're old enough to get their heart on this. They're old enough to pull this into the fiber of their soul. Hallelujah. Woo, hallelujah. Oh, God, help us. Oh, God, help us. Amen.
hear me. If what you believe has never been challenged, you better buckle in. If the devil has never showed up on your front porch challenging you on baptism and challenging you on the oneness of the Godhead and challenging you on the, on, the, on the value of separation from a sinful life, if the devil's never showed up at your house, you need to buckle up because he's on his way. We had better be able to defend this in our own heart. But I ask you this today, how will we ever lead new converts to a place of absolute confidence in the infallible word of God if the church is vacillating on issues? When we're not sure ourselves, how are you going to convince somebody else? You will not convince anybody else if there's a question mark in your heart. That's why I said it, I think, Wednesday night. But that's why, that's why the scripture of Deuteronomy 6 and 4, I appreciate Deuteronomy 6 and 4. I'm thankful here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I'm grateful for that. But I'm going to tell you, if you just stop reading there, you're going to do you and your family an injustice because he said you need to write this down. It needs to be in the frontless of your eyes. It needs to be in the palm of your hand. You need to talk about this when you wake up in the morning. You need to talk about this when you're sitting around the table. You need to talk about this at night. Amen. We need to put this in our heart. Hallelujah. We need to place this in our heart. They need to hear it and hear it and hear it again. I'm going to tell you something today. I feel the resistance, not just of you. I'm not talking about you, but I feel a spiritual resistance because hell don't want you to get this. Amen. The devil doesn't want me to preach this, but I want you to understand something. This is a fight worth winning. Amen. This is a cause worth standing for. Amen. There is something worth standing for. This is worth it. It's worth the fight. It's worth the fight. We will win. We will win. Amen. The church is built on the foundation of the apostles' doctrine, and we've got to embrace that. We've got to stand for this truth and love this truth with every fiber of our being. This has been burning in my soul, I told you, for a long time. Burning in my soul for a long time. And I don't want you to think that I'm making judgmental statements. Don't take anything out of context. But even in July, when I was standing on the platform of our camp meeting, with this in my heart, with this burning in my soul, I watched all these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people worship and magnifying the Lord. And just in my heart, I wonder how many people really believe this? Or have we just kind of got swept into the beat of the drum, swept into the the vacuum and the vortex of the program? Have we just kind of got caught up in something that we really don't believe? You will never be holy if you don't believe in holiness. You will never be righteous if you don't believe in righteousness. You will never be truthful if you don't believe in the truth. You'll never be honest if you don't believe honesty is what I've got to do. You know, the Bible says, speaking of honesty, the Bible says that we swear to our own hurt. Sometimes the truth is not pretty. And so did, did, did you do that? Did you, did you say that? I, I got a choice to make. I can lie, I can try to tilt the, you know, or, or uh, uh, deceive. Some people think there's a difference, but there's not because the end result's the same. I can try to manipulate the situation, tilt the table my way. Or I can swear to my own hurt. If I answered my wife sharply and she, she turned around and said, did you just raise your voice at me? I got a decision to make. I can try to blow it all off if she just totally misunderstood. Well, ain't nobody going to, everybody left church. All of a sudden, everybody just checked out. We swear sometimes to our own hurt. Amen. So what, the real question I think that permeates my heart if our musicians would come today is this. What are we going to do about this on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? 
am I going to do about this every day? I want to go back to my opening comments. I envision Jeremiah standing on his tiptoes. Earth, earth, earth. Hear the words of the Lord. I'm going to say today as the church, we had better get some things nailed down in our lives. Nail these things down now. Decide what we're going to do now. Now. You don't want to wait till the house catches on fire or you smell smoke to get an evacuation plan. You better think about those things now. Our whole life growing up when when Justin was just a child in our house, we went over this and over this and over this. If the house ever catches on fire, we had it to the point that if the house ever catches on fire, we could just point at him and he would say to us, this is what we're going to do. I'm not trying to say we're the high water mark for parenting. We are certainly not, and I'm sure Justin could attest to that. But I'm just telling you, you don't want to wait till the fire alarm goes off to figure out what are you going to do. You better decide that now. Now, right now. And so when hell comes with its spirit of deception, we had better decide now how we're going to handle that. Jesus, I was just reading this again this week, led to a high mountain. Jesus tempted and tested and tried. You better figure out what you're going to do now, not on the mountain. Figure out what you're going to do now, not in this great valley of temptation or this great place of temptation. I need to figure out what I'm going to do now. Acts 1 and 8 speaks directly to us about what happens to us when we receive the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Hear me today. The Lord baptized with us with his spirit so we would stand tall and be a, wit- be a witness, not just witness, but be a witness to this world that we live in. How are we a witness? I want to tell you, you're a witness every time you walk in a restaurant. Every time you open your mouth and do business with somebody, you're a witness. Amen. Every time you keep your spirit in check when something goes wrong, you're being a witness. You're being a witness. Lord, baptize us. Baptize us today. He didn't call us to be timid and shy about the power and the presence of His Spirit living with us. And I just have to tell you today that we cannot look at this word and say, well, it's a take or leave it proposition. I'll have some of this, have some of that. No. Amen. If I'm going to have more than just a song on my heart, then I'm going to have to embrace God's word. I've got to make a commitment to be more diligent than I have ever been. Amen. I'm going to tell you that somebody had better feel these altars and be an intercessor for families, for youth, for adults. Not just the sinners, but even members of this church. We had better be intercessors, some bridge builders. Somebody that can pray a prayer of faith. Because I'm going to tell you that the chances are, statistically, chances are people in this church that have been in this church for decades are standing on unstable ground right now about some of the things that should be core values in their life. I don't say that to make fun of you. We've all been there. But we better know how to defend. Amen. Jesus said it is written and he went to the book and he defended against what Satan was trying to do to him. I mean, let's stand together. We've got to be willing to drive out the enemy that's coming against us. And hear me this morning, please hear me. I, I know in so many ways and certainly for the most part, we have a tremendous love for the word of God as a church but I'm going to tell you today we must fall in love again with the preached word of God's holy writ if I was your attorney I'm going to close if I was your attorney and I had my arm around you saying Bobby don't worry about it Everything's all right.
desire. And I know the judge is fixing to send him off for life. And I have kept my hand over my mouth. If I am your physician and I say, Chelsea, don't worry about a thing. It's all going to be all right. And I know she's got a tumor growing in her at an alarming rate. What kind of doctor would I be? So I ask you today, what kind of preacher and what kind of pastor would you have if Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, I just stepped to this pulpit and just pulled out something that I thought would be savory for everyone? I'm going to tell you, God stirred my heart with this. I've lived with this for months, months. And God is speaking to somebody today. I had no idea who's going to walk in this building this morning, but God did. I have no idea who will be here Wednesday, but God does. And so today, this should not be looked at as an arbitrary word. But I wonder if we would just reach out and let God touch our heart today. When's the last time, I'm going to ask you, sir, I don't care how long you've been in church, when's the last time you spoke in tongues? When's the last time you spoke in tongues and just let the victory of the Holy Ghost flow through you? Ma'am, when's the last time, when's the last time you just lost yourself in prayer and the victory of the Holy Ghost just flow through you? When is the last time, when's the last time Oh, earth, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. When is the last time we've been moved? When's the last time, not not stirred, not just stirred, but when's the last time we've been moved by the word of God? Hallelujah, hallelujah. We ought not really hesitate. We really ought not hesitate this morning. We ought to step in. We ought to step in to the presence of God here today. If that means stepping out of your seat, then you need to step out of your seat. Hallelujah. When's the last time God bathed you? When's the last time the Holy Ghost washed you from within? Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We ought to turn this preaching into a prayer service. We are to turn this sermon into a prayer meeting. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, gracious God, gracious God, gracious God, gracious God. Anoint our minds, anoint our minds, anoint our minds, anoint our minds, anoint our minds. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on, don't let just a percentage of this church be moved today. Don't let just a percentage of us be just a little segment of us be moved today. We need to all be moved. We need to all be shaken. All be stirred. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Touch us today, Almighty God. Touch us today, Almighty God. Touch us today, Almighty God. I love you, Jesus. 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 Oh, I love you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
Thank you, Jesus. The Holy Scripture says, if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare themselves to the battle? If there was ever a clarion call necessary, if ever history has demanded for there to be clarity among what we're saying, oh God, oh God, it is declaring it of us today. It is declaring it of us today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God, as we set the trumpet of truth to our lips, oh God, oh God, oh God, help us to do so with clarity. Oh God, help us to teach with understanding, preach with understanding. Oh God, in your name, in your name, in your name. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Mm, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I'm going to tell you, you don't have to leave here like you came. I feel the Spirit of God touching us. You don't have to leave here without the Holy Ghost. You don't have to leave here miserable. You don't have to leave here feeling perhaps like you felt yesterday or the day before or even last night. You don't have to, you don't have to go home with that uncertainty in your heart. But oh, we can come and let the Spirit of God touch that brand. Amen. Touch that brand out of the coals of the altar. Let it touch our lips. Let it touch our heart. Jeremiah, Jeremiah had excuse after excuse. I'm just a child. I'm just this. I'm just that. And an angel took a brand and put it in the coals of the fire and stuck it to his lips and said, don't ever say that again. Don't ever say that again. Don't ever highlight your inadequacies because I have touched you. I have changed you. Amen. There is a brand of fire today that can touch our heart if we'll just let the Spirit of God do so. Amen. I'm telling you today that in this house, there is enough power. In this house, there is enough potential evangelism to rock the absolute world in which you live. Amen. Hear me this morning. There is enough power in this house of evangelism to change the world in which we know. But it'll never happen if you walk every day with your eye, hand over your eyes, another hand over your mouth. Silent, silent, silent. I got to hear the word of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray, church. Come on. Praise God. Let's pray. Pray. Earth. 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 Hear the word. Land. Unhappy land. Desolate land. Hear the judgment of the Lord. Hear the judgment of the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I need you to bathe my heart and my mind. I need you to cleanse me, Lord, not just my flesh, but cleanse my spirit. Don't just cleanse my actions and deeds, but God, I'm asking you to cleanse the motive of my heart, the spirit, my attitude. God, I'm asking you to help me. Help me to be a better pastor, a better preacher, a better husband, a better father, a better a better leader, God, a better influencer. Help me, help me, help me, help me. Help me, God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.